the series making data simple this is al martin here today's topic is data science in aviation uh we can maybe spend all day because i fly a lot so i may have a lot of questions for yanni gambros hi yanni how are you hi good uh, that's yanni like the composer did you know that our producer kate nichols she's a huge yanni fan and i am told that she's went to a yanni concert It's the only one that I know of, but uh, she must, I, I, I presume you're a different Yanni. I am a different Yanni. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I had to embarrass her. So while she's listening on here. So I've got a lot of friends that are pilots. So this is going to be an interesting conversation as far as I'm concerned. And I ride in a lot of planes. I think I've been traveling every, every week. I got to tell you the last flight I was on, we took off from LaGuardia. It was the worst uh, turbulence that I've, that I've ever had. I mean, I was going up and down and it felt like as I, as I'm coming up, it felt like, like we were hitting summer. I mean, cause it would just like shake, you know, just a, a repetitively shape and then stop and then do it again. And it was, it was, it was terrible anyway. So then finally I got up, I, you know, about 10 minutes later it calmed down and I, I went to the washroom and when I went, you know, they hadn't turned off the, the seatbelt sign yet. And I said to the, uh, the flight attendant, I said, I hope you don't mind. I've got to go to the washroom after that. And she goes, she goes, well, you know what that was, don't you? And I said, uh, turbulence. And she goes, no, no, no. We, we were hitting jet wash from the last plane. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. <laughs> she goes, well, didn't you feel us turn sideways very quickly? And I said, yeah, I felt that, but I, I didn't know we were hitting jet wash. She said, yeah, we had them backed up too, too close together. And there was a big a plane in front of us. So hopefully with data, you're going to tell me how to solve that. No, I don't know if you can do that, but speaking of airlines, introduce yourself if you would, and tell us what experiences that you have with the airlines and, and what you've learned. And, and then we'll jump into data science. Sure, sure. So uh, currently my role in IBM um, is the uh, global enablement leader for data science and machine learning. So I teach our uh, sales representatives how to talk about data science, how to uh, present the value proposition, and how to present the key differentiating points for for the IBM portfolio. Uh, My experiences in uh, the airline, just like you, I I used to be a road warrior, not anymore. I currently have an eight-month-old at home. So for the last year or so, I haven't been traveling as much. Uh, But I do have a lot of experience from uh, the time when I was a consultant, a data science consultant, and um, uh, talked to a lot of different airlines about um, the different challenges they face. And we looked at um, several issues, operational most of the time, and we looked at the back end and how they're they're dealing with those issues and how we can help them, how data science can help them. Hey, very good. So look, when I'm flying, I'm thinking about all kinds of things. And usually, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, usually it's not always a great experience. Um, I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Um, but I got to believe there's data that we should or could be using to better that experience. Uh, can you talk about, you know, the importance of data in the aviation industry? And then we can go from there. 
Sure, absolutely. So, um, I mean, there are a lot of things that the airlines are tracking, right? And most of the time, um, they actually do a pretty good job. And most of the time, you don't even know that um, they have all these models and all this uh, data that's being accumulated in the back and uh, the way they're using them. You don't even know that that's happening behind the scenes, right? So, um, so the one thing that um, uh, you might notice, or uh, since you're a business traveler, actually, you might not be as a price sensitive, but um, for most people out there, when they go out, their first uh, touch point with the airline is the ticket price, right? And um, in many situations uh, today, you can find a very, very cheap um, price. And actually, most people are, are really happy about that. And that's actually, there's a lot of data science behind the scenes to actually get you that very um, uh, cheap fare, right? Um, and then there everything else that happens to make sure that uh, your flight uh, leaves on time, uh, the airplane is ready, the equipment is ready, uh, all the maintenance checks have been done, uh, the plane passes all the FAA checks and the pilot and crew are certified to fly that plane and um, the ground crew does all the all their checks and um, all their uh, kind of final tasks and prep for the plane on time, right? So all, all that happens behind the scenes, but actually there's a lot of opportunities uh, um, uh, operational processing. There is a lot of uh, operational data behind the scenes that drive all these decisions, even before you actually um, uh, take off, right? And then after you take off, there's obviously a lot of things that um, the dispatchers and the pilots are tracking specifically with the weather to make sure that um, the routing is such that you don't hit all the turbulence uh, spots, right? And then that you get there on time, uh, through uh, in the safest uh, and um, uh, you know fastest way possible. Well, what I've heard, and you tell me if this is correct, but uh, you know I know IoT is still in its infancy uh, for most part of the industry, as as far as I'm concerned. I mean, connected car has a long way to go. Uh, being being in a smart uh, building, a truly smart building, top to bottom, still long way to go. But from what I, I understand, maybe you can confirm this or not, but uh, the engines on the jets that we're taking um, are, are, are very well connected and they go back to a, a, a base where people are monitoring, you know, everything top to bottom within these engines itself. Is that, is that accurate? And could you that is correct. There? Actually, actually the, the engines are one part of the plane that's actually, um, uh, much better connected than anything else on on the um, aircraft. Uh, actually, in many situations today, and for many aircraft types, the uh, people in the back that are riding uh, through their Wi-Fi, they have better information than the pilots up top. So, um, unfortunately, that still is an issue. But um, the way that the airlines counterbalance that is, they they have people on the ground that uh, the dispatchers that are uh, basically looking at weather systems, they're looking at routing data, and then they're informing the pilot. Right. Uh, so, yes, it's not we're not um, fully there in terms of um, IoT uh, connectivity, uh, but we're getting there. So are you a pilot yourself? Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not just an enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. And, and are you working some of the data science within these airlines? Yes. So some of the projects that I've been uh, personally involved with have to do with, for example, matching pilots and crews with the airline schedule. Uh, I mean, that's a very, very complex uh, problem to solve. You need to make sure, obviously, that um, um, you um, have the right pilot that's certified uh, for the right uh, equipment type and um, you uh, give enough time to the pilot to go from one flight to the next and then you give them enough time overnight to rest and hopefully you get them at the end of the day uh, 
hopefully you get them back to their home base, right? So they can uh, sleep at home. Obviously, that's not always possible, but that's the ideal situation, right? And then there are other issues with uh, ground uh, control, right? Uh, so making sure you assign uh, the right gate to the right flight and the gate can support the equipment at the gate can support the um the flight and you don't have uh, this very, very large uh, jets sitting right next to each other and kind of the, um, there might be some safety concerns there. Uh, so that's another uh, project that we did or, um, or another project that we're doing actually in collaboration with, uh, with weather.com is to recommend which flights get diverted once a big weather system hits an airport and it's going to impact the capacity of the airport to accept um, uh, new flights, right? And so you have to slow down the uh, landing rate uh, for that airport and then you have to figure out basically which uh, flights get diverted and where do they go. So, but tell, tell me, here's what I understand. What, what's the difference between traditional analytics that are being performed on the data that you just described or what is really the magic of data science coming in and making this assessment? So, I mean, more like machine learning models that you're using. Right. Which is which? Right. No, very good point. Very good point. So, yeah, so there's actually a ton of traditional analytics, if you want to call it that, and, and BI, business intelligence, that uh, the dispatchers on the ground and the operations people, the maintenance people, everybody that um, is looking at the back end of operations is looking at, um, which is just basically give them, gives them a, uh, just a current state, right? A view of what's currently happening where data science and machine learning and some of the other methods that airlines are using, like, uh, for example, mathematical programming, constraint programming, which are other data science uh, methods, not as popular as machine learning right now is um, they're looking uh, to get recommendations from those uh, models and algorithms um, to, into the hands of the dispatchers and the operators so that they can um, more quickly react to uh, very dynamic situations and they can have these recommendations in front of them and then they can make the judgment call as to um, what, how I'm going to deal with that uh, special situation that has uh, just um, um, come up, right? So those are, that's the difference of the more advanced data science models and algorithms uh, providing recommendations and providing um, uh, instruction to the backend operators. Are these data science algorithms currently in use today? Are they, they future state kind of things? Is that where we're going relative to data science specifically? Right. So in most cases, um, uh, there's only partial adoption, right? So uh, in some cases, they are being used today, uh, but uh, there are many, many other um, processes and operations where um, they're being built right now. All right, so, but, okay, so you, you had mentioned something. It's kind of a, a silly question in some sense. You said there are folks on the ground. You referred to that. Where are these folks? <laughs> and the reason I ask where these folks are, because when I think of data science, I think if you know, I think of models, uh, I think of machine learning, I think of projecting and anticipating, predicting, and I, you know, I could be proven wrong, but you know, if to do that right, you have to have the data science seeing these models working and then be unable to better the models uh, as they go while the software kind of betters itself, if that makes sense. So you correct me, you know, my thought process there, if you will. Yeah, so, so the operators are sitting at the network operation centers for all the airlines. All the airlines have at least um, 
you know, one or two of them and they have uh, an army of people there, right, that's doing all the dispatching and it's tracking all the planes, tracking weather, uh, tracking all the pilots and crews and where they're going to stay overnight and, you know, what's their next flight and so on and so forth, right? Um, but you're right. So at the same time, they are collecting all these data, right? And the data scientists within the airlines are kind of uh, sitting to the side. They're seeing how existing processes are um, at work today and they try to um, uh, inject basically technology and trying to inject these models, the predictive models, the operations models um, in the hands of the uh, dispatchers in order to help them out. What, what is the like the most most profound change because of data science, if any, that's went in so far um, today already that we should be feeling? Sure. So that's um, actually it started quite some time ago, right? So um, it, it has to do with pricing. Uh, so back in the '80s, I think it was American Airlines basically that uh, pioneered the um, uh, the very dynamic pricing. They call it yield management, where basically they keep track of their seat inventory, they keep track of the prices of competitors, they keep track of uh, demand, and they um, also forecast demand and they forecast how sensitive people are to prices, and they've kind of figured. Um, uh, very quickly that people are very sensitive to prices and that's why they need to um, constantly update the the prices for the, the seats they have on the airplane. What about the customer experience? Just the, I mean, so, so now we're done with pricing, we purchased the ticket, the overall customer experience. Because here's what I can't understand. I'll just tell you, why is it that there are so many overbooked situations that still exist today. Just uh, on a, uh, or I was just getting on a flight the other day, and look, they they went up to over a thousand bucks if somebody would would give up that that seat. Obviously, they've learned from recent events that you've got to go to the point where somebody finally bites on one of that on that offer. But why, why do they? Why does it even have to get to that point if if we're heading into big data data science land? Right, right. Very good point. And um, uh, here's here's another point of view. Um, if you ever get on a flight and the flight is um, uh, half empty, right, you find empty seats, then the data scientists of that airline are not doing a good job, right? So overbooking is the result of data scientists actually doing a very good job and figuring out the fact that um, in many situations, people just miss their flight, right? So they might uh, cancel uh, last minute or their plans might change or they might be stuck in traffic on the way to the airport and they just might miss their flight, right? So when that happens, they want to avoid that seat flying empty to its destination. And the reason they do that, the way they do that is by actually booking additional passengers. So uh, in most cases, I want to say in close to 100% of the cases, all flights at some point are overbooked. But then when as you get closer to the takeoff time, then you have these last minute cancellations. And then most of the time it works out that you have just the right number of passengers and the right number of seats. Now, yes, sometimes it doesn't work out. And we hear about it through the speakers when they're trying to find a volunteer. And that's when uh, you have those incentives come in. So are you actually making a case to me that because there are so few overbooked such uh, situations that we see, that's actually a testament to how well they're doing in terms of 
pushing the envelope as close as they can get to an absolute or a, a plane at capacity. Exactly. Exactly. That That is absolutely right. Remember, anytime you get on a flight and there is even a, one empty seat, then someone hasn't done their job correctly in the data science department of that airline. Hmm, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> All right. So what can we expect in the future, though? We're, we're putting these things in place. It sounds like, you know, we're just on the cusp, at least as far as I can tell, unless you can convince me otherwise. What should we start seeing here in the near future that, that should excite us? Right. So it, it will be um, transparent to the end user, right? So uh, the end user uh, will just go online, book their ticket, and their flight will leave on time, and it will land on time, and they will be on their way, right? Uh, but behind the scenes, what um, airlines are doing is basically making sure, uh, again, that they're taking into consideration all the operational constraints, all the safety constraints, the maintenance is done right. Uh, many of the problems that airlines currently have have to do with all the maintenance uh, checks that the FAA imposes on them and uh, they have to ensure that they get that uh, plane uh, off of the operational schedule and get it to a maintenance facility to um, um, uh, for, for people to work on it, right? Uh, so all these processes right now, or a big percentage of those processes, is happening manually. And what um, I expect to see in the future is that more and more of these processes will actually be um, driven by uh, more advanced uh, data science models and algorithms, and uh, they will track the complexity of all these moving variables, they will look ahead um, and they will provide recommendations basically to the um, uh, to the operators and uh, the maintenance team, the operations teams, the uh, the dispatchers, all those guys on the ground. So I, I correlate that to you know more on time flights, uh, no more sitting for sixty minutes on a tarmac waiting for all the other flights to leave because of whatever reason, and continued pricing optimization. Yeah, so actually, I think pricing optimization is is one of the reasons why um, some people have uh, these these travel horror stories, right? So actually, a friend of mine very recently uh, flew from uh, Chicago to San Francisco. Uh, He was flying with his wife, two very young kids, and he was telling me that he was having this kind of horrible flight, right, where they they basically got to the airplane. Uh, They weren't sitting all together. There was no entertainment. So his three-year-old was kind of, you know, nagging throughout the flight. And uh, he had just this one of these horrible experiences. And when he told me that, I asked him, my first question was, okay, so how did you book your flight? And basically he said, I went to the search engine and then I picked the cheapest flight that was, that, that came back. Right. And, you know, we as consumers have been doing that. Right. And we've been doing that to such an extent that even maybe a $5 fare difference is actually, um, making a difference in the ticket that we're going to purchase. Right. And so basically I told him, well, there you have it, right. You, you um, basically had the experience that you paid for. Uh, so actually it's more of a mismatch of, um, it's more of a communications mismatch, right? So um, airlines are kind of pushing away out of the, the list price, out of the basic price for each seat. They're pushing out some of the additional amenities and some of the additional services that they offer, right? And most consumers are actually not aware of that, right? So they pay for just the basic seat and then everything else is uh, is essentially extra. 
Yeah, yeah. Are we getting to the point where we're going to be paying for everything extra? It's it's, get, it's heading in that direction, is it not? Exactly. And I think I think we as consumers have essentially you know done it to ourselves, right? I mean, because since we have this very constant and very specific um, behavior whenever we book our tickets, I think it's going to go that way for sure. Seems like there's still a lot of opportunity to be be had here, though, because you know I think this is a tough business for many reasons. To your point, we want it all for the cheapest price possible. Uh, but like you know, just the other day I was rebooked when I was in the air. The only problem is I was rebooked like the following day because my you know my next lag was there was something wrong with it or whatever. But so then I had to get off the plane and then I had to find the desk and I found a better option. Uh, but uh, hopefully the machine learning uh, eventually would take over such that, you know, it'll learn my preferences, what I need, what I'm willing to accept, what I'm not willing to accept. So it'll, it'll present me with the options I'm most inclined to take either whether that's the, just the travel options and, or, you know, what seat I want in terms of, uh, you know, j- the travel itself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for a fact that actually there are some solutions like that in, um, in play today currently uh, with some of the airlines. But actually, most of the time they just look at rebooking everyone automatically once the flight gets canceled and kind of they try to do the best out of that. And obviously they give preference to um, uh, passengers that have uh, higher status with uh, an airline. Uh, and, you know, if you're a casual traveler, obviously you're not going to get uh, preferential treatment, but it sounds like you travel quite a bit. So I'm surprised that, you know, maybe uh, uh, your airline didn't really have that in place. Well, I mean, in fairness, I mean, I think this year I've been on time more than any other year. That probably is still forty percent not on time, if that makes sense. So it's sixty percent on time, right. and, it's, and it's and it's improved. But you know, there's a lot of weather implications. There's a lot of different things. As as, as long as it's safe, you know, I'm pretty happy. I guess. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Al, that was going to be my other point. Then, um, you know, you, we we can write all the data science models, and we can kind of throw all the math we want at the problem. But then, you know, you have a storm over kind of major hub. Right. And um, or storm system moving throughout the country that, you know, uh, the flight paths have to cross and then all of that goes out the window. Right. I mean, you're not going to avoid the delay uh, when um, your airport capacity goes down by uh, 50 percent because of the storm or more. Well, that that was actually I I would expect that some of the the best opportunity to really get innovative would be to match up the data science. And you mentioned a little bit of this earlier, I thought, with, you know, the weather data in the weather patterns and in making, you know, somewhat on demand decisions based on, you know, that, that information models, you know, so you've got the weather model, you've also got, you know, everything else you put in, you know, the, where the flight's going, you know, who else, you know, they're going to be waiting for on the, on the tarmac, whatever the case may be. But I think putting all that together, I think would bear huge fruit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. You know, when I when I t- typically look at a, a maturity model for data, it goes from operations where back office type item or issues, then it goes to warehousing, uh, then it goes to more data science, and then new models beyond that. Are almost all the airlines right now are they are they pushing into the data science area, do you believe, or are still some of them stuck in back office, or warehousing? Where are they really at from a maturity curve perspective? I think they're close to pushing um, at the new model envelope. 
I think especially the the major airlines for sure have uh, big data science departments with a lot of people working there, uh, very knowledgeable people um, that have uh, studied, um, you know, hours and hours at school on how to build the models and, you know, what are the latest approaches and the latest algorithms. Um, some of the um, other airlines that might be low-cost airlines maybe outsource uh, some of that to independent software vendors and other packages that are out there that have some vertical solutions that might do some data science kind of, you know, within off-the-self kind of data science, if, uh, if I can say that. I know that there's some videos out there on Watson Analytics around aviation. Is there anyone that you'd recommend? Sure, yeah. So there's a great uh, video actually where, um, you know, it tells the story basically of a, of a passenger kind of waiting for their flight and they're not an expert. They're kind of a very uh, novice, you know, data scientist and they want to analyze some data and analyze some uh, flight delay data and Twitter sentiment data and Watson Analytics makes that very, very easy for them. Fantastic. So look, I've got a problem that I need you to work on, on aviation. So in addition to the last flight I was on, so I go turn my, my rental car in and the rental car sent on now, cause these airports are getting bigger and bigger is like three miles. It seems like from the actual terminal. So I take a train and I had like three or four or five stops. I get to the terminal. I walk probably another half a mile to get to the TSA pre-check. I get through the TSA pre-check. I look in my jacket and I see the car keys. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and, and I had no place to drop these things off. How can we predict that? And somehow, you know, I think then <laughs> you can throw these things in. It was very, very painful because I had to retrack everything I just talked about. Barely made my flight. So think about that. That needs to be solved because with these endless <laughs> cars, that is going to be a major issue. I'm here to tell you. Three more questions, lightning round, but anything else you'd leave the listeners with in terms of data and aviation? Yeah, I think what can make your flight experience much better is to really know what you're what you're paying for, right? In that kind of basic uh, price. And um, if you are uh, someone that's traveling or planning to travel more than four times a year, then you should really pick, you know, your own favorite airline and kind of stick with it because there are tremendous advantages if you stick with an airline and you um, go and kind of get into that first layer uh, or level of uh, status with them, uh, then you can get some benefits out of that. Uh, so I I think that can be very, um, very beneficial and just get what you know, uh, know what you're getting for the price that you're paying. I think that's very, very basic. All right. Terrific. Thank you. Hey, so I want to do a little bit of a lightning round. It gets a little bit more personal. Just a couple of questions. It'll be all good. First question is, what's the most exciting thing you're working on right now? So right now I'm building all this uh, enabling material for next year for all the uh, IBMers to, um, to study on, which is not that exciting at all. All right. Well, just uh, what is the, well, let me rephrase the question. What's the most exciting thing that you've worked on around data science personally with the aviation industry? So for the aviation industry specifically, we did uh, a project. We were designing this project really that had to do with um, uh, which um, flights you assign to what gate, right? So I mentioned that a little bit um, earlier in the podcast, but I thought that was that was um, a pretty interesting because we don't give much thought to it, right? And um, it seems like a you know 
pretty basic problem. I mean, you have a plane landing, you have a gate that's open and they can say, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, um, take that plane over to that gate. But um, it turns out there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of complexity. Uh, you might have um, uh, another plane right next to it that uh, might uh, need some additional space. Uh, so you might not be able to kind of put those two planes uh, right next to each other. Um, you might have to do some resuffling of the gates if you have some uh delays and that's when it gets really interesting right which uh, of your gates do you change which of your flights do you change and how do you ensure that um, the new and the old gate for the flight that you're going to change is actually pretty close to each other right you don't want to make these announcements over the speaker where uh, you're forcing the people to kind of you know walk uh, half a mile or a mile across the terminal to uh, uh, to get to their new gate right so I thought it was it was very interesting um, very practical problem and kind of huge implications on the day-to-day uh, life of uh, different travelers. Is it going to get to the point? This is it made me think, you know, like in, in stores, they put milk by diapers and that kind of stuff to get people to purchase more things. Are they going to do that with gate? Ch- now when they switch a gate, you're going to go by this pub that everybody's going to stop and spend a ton of money. You know, they're going to get that smart on us. <laughs> ideally, <laughs> ideally, no, ideally you want to, you want to change to a gate that's very, very close by. So most of the people will, uh, will be in the same seating area, right? They won't even have to get up and, you know, you, um, Hey, uh, any book you're reading right now? I always like to see who's reading good books so I can put it on my list and then, uh, I read it myself. Sure. So, um, catching up on some, um, to read, um, material that I had, um, kind of, uh, noted away. So I'm reading right now, the negotiation genius, uh, by Deepak Malhotra and Max Bazerman. And I'm also reading the goal, um, which is all about um, uh, the theory of constraints and how do you um, uh, provide recommendations in uh, very constrained environments. And um, it actually applies, uh, that specific book is actually written for manufacturing, but it applies um, a lot to um, uh, to airlines and travel industry and logistics in general. Oh, we're good. All right, good. We'll put those in the show notes. I got them on my list. Um, from a data science perspective, Anything, those that are data scientists out there that you'd recommend in terms of learning or where to go, I mean, some that you follow, whether it's a podcast or otherwise, that you recommend? Right. So actually, um, uh, we just um, came out with the Watson uh, Data Platform uh, blog on Medium. So I think... Um, um, Everybody should really follow that. There's a lot of good material there on uh, some generic topics on uh, machine learning and data science. And there's some more specific uh, topics on um, features of the Watson Data Platform and the IBM Data Science Experience. And another medium block is Inside Machine Learning, which again deals with uh, different use cases and how you can potentially solve them using the IBM Data Science Experience. Fantastic. Where, where can listeners reach you, but what's your preferred form of engagement? Sure. So my Twitter handle is at YGamvros. That's at Y-G-A-M-V-R-O-S and linkedin.com slash campus. All right. Anything that I left unsaid? No, I think we covered quite a bit. Thanks, Al. Hey, you don't listen to Yanni, do you? (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> you know, I did mention that Kate, our producer, listens to Yanni, didn't I? She actually was at a concert. I mentioned that at the beginning, didn't I? Yeah, you right, did, all yes. Right. All good. <laughs> all right, and she'll probably cut it out. If you cut this out, I'll be very upset. Hey, thank you so much for, for joining us today. This is informational. I'm going to go research the, some of the, uh, the, the links in the blog that, that you'll give me. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. And for the listeners out there, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Sam. Great talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple podcast, where we make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcasts to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, over and